Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the Global Founders Podcast. This is Drew Precious, Director of Communications at the Presidential Precinct. On Global Founders, you will hear from trusted voices who are working to further any of the precinct's six core focus areas. We hope that these conversations will spark new ideas, encouraging and empowering leaders in their work, ultimately moving us all towards the precinct's vision of thriving, just, and free societies worldwide. And now, on with today's episode. Today, I'm honored to uh, speak to Ambassador Riyadh Insanali, who is an inaugural member of the Presidential Precinct's Global Advisory Council. Uh, Ambassador Insanali has spent over 30 years as a diplomat with prestigious postings around the world. Uh, most recently, was Guyana's ambassador to the United States. Uh, he was the permanent representative to the Organization of American States uh, for five years and is currently a senior fellow at Atlantic Council. Ambassador Antonelli, uh, welcome. Thank you very much, Neil. Good to be here. Ambassador Antonelli, you've had so many uh, you know, highlights in your career. You've made such a significant impact uh, for all of us uh, around the world. And uh, so I'm, I'm curious to hear from you, um, what are some of the highlights uh, during, during your career as a diplomat? Well, it's very kind of you to say that there are several highlights. Uh, in my own view, it's been a bit of a trajectory, starting off with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, entering as a mid-level officer back in 1990, and then working my way up and leading, as you would imagine, as a diplomat, a fairly nomadic lifestyle. Uh, so in my peripatetic wanderings, I first went to Trinidad in 1997 on secondment to uh, work at the, a new regional cooperation organization called the Association of Caribbean States, where I was the political advisor to the first two secretaries general. I originally went for three years and ended up staying for six years. Uh, it was, they, these were the inception years of the ACS and uh, uh, the Secretary General felt that they needed my services, and I, I was uh, happy to play a leading role in developing the systems and procedures of the new organization and helping to establish its profile. After that, I went to England, uh, based at the Guyanese High Commission in London, but my focus was on sugar. I was effectively parachuted into the sugar industry to represent Guyana sugar interests in Europe, uh, working between London and Brussels, where the Africa Caribbean Pacific Secretariat was located, and working on uh, what was then regarded as a lobby by the Africa Caribbean Pacific group of sugar producers to try and influence the direction of EU sugar regime reform, which had a direct impact on the prices that were being offered for sugar from former European colonies, Guyana, of course, being one of them, and sugar being the mainstay of our economy at the time. That was an exciting time for me. It was a totally new area. I learned a lot. Uh, I remember uh, when I was approached as to whether I would be interested in a job, uh, said, I said I, I knew nothing about sugar, and the immediate response was, you can learn. <laughs> and that has been the pattern throughout my career learning at every step of the way, 
learning new skills, acquiring new knowledge, and finding it all challenging and exciting at the same time. Uh, after the sugar job, which uh, I am happy to say was uh, fairly successful, I was approached by the OAS Assistant Secretary General at the time to join his cabinet as an advisor. And I came to Washington DC for the first time in my professional life as um, an advisor to the Assistant Secretary General working on trade and political matters. And this was back in 2006. And I was here for just under two years when the fifth summit of the Americas was looming uh, to be held in Trinidad and Tobago. And I was asked to relocate to Trinidad since I knew Trinidad well. So that was good for us. And uh, then in 2015, the government in Guyana changed and a new government had the stated intent of reprofessionalizing our foreign service. And I was approached to ask if I was available to come back in uh, since I was on an extended secondment to the OAS. I said, yes, of course. And much to my surprise, uh, I was asked to come to Washington DC to be Guyana's eighth ambassador to the United States and fourth permanent representative to the OAS. That undoubtedly is the great highlight of my career. Uh, it, it was a high honor, uh, perhaps the highest honor that could have been offered to me by my government as a career diplomat and I, I, I was very, very happy to come here. I was in the last group of ambassadors to present credentials to President Obama, which itself was a wonderful experience. And uh, then I spent time getting to understand the uh, United States political scene. And, uh, and in fact, like many other people trying to understand what was happening in the United States during a fascinating period in your history. So I've had a good career. I'm uh, retired from the, the diplomatic service now, but as you mentioned earlier, I'm attached to the Atlantic Council, which has a Caribbean initiative in its Adrian Arsh Latin America Center, working on enhancing US-Caribbean relations. It's a good fit for me. It's an extension of what I did as ambassador. And I think uh, even though I am getting on in years, I'm still too young to retire fully, and I've got a lot more to, to offer. I'm absolutely amazed by everything you've accomplished uh, in your career and continue to accomplish today. Um, you've, you've, you know, held so many hats, so many roles. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, what are the, the types of things that get you really excited, you know, that, that energize you? What, what, what are you most passionate about uh, today that you want to see uh, move forward? That's a good question. I, I've never actually thought about the things that motivate me uh, until I, I met you and your colleagues in the presidential precinct. And in uh, almost every conversation, there the question arises as to what are people passionate about? Uh, what makes you get up every day and go to work with a smile on your face? And, uh, and even in the, the time, this time of the pandemic, you know, we, we get up, we, we, we sit at our home office and, you know, I think a lot of us have come through this with us by the face because we have continued to do the things that 
motivators, the things that uh, give us some sense of fulfillment. And for me, I think I've always cared deeply, I suppose, uh, on a personal level, first and foremost about my family. I care deeply about my country, Guyana. And uh, I care deeply about doing the best I can to make my family and my country proud of me. And in that respect, I've always approached my work with an attention to detail, uh, fairly open mind, uh, a willingness to listen and to learn from others. Uh, perhaps you know, that's the essence of diplomacy, uh, listening and understanding what the other side has to say and finding a way to make things work. And I don't know if that really amounts to a sort of an overarching passion, but the, these are the things that sort of come together in, in, in my mind and uh, allow me to do what I do and hopefully to do, to do what I do well. When I, when I was offered the job of ambassador to the United States, I realized it was a high honor, but I realized at the same time that with high honors, they come high expectations. And I've always striven to meet those expectations ever since I was a little boy in school. And my father was a teacher, so he set high standards for me. And for the most part, I was able to meet those standards. And I continue to strive to meet those standards. Uh, my father is no longer with us, but uh, in many ways, he had uh, uh, a really strong influence on the way that I performed at school and the way I have conducted myself in my professional life. And at the same time, uh, I, I've, had my, uh, I've had to maintain the respect of my family and friends. And that means a lot to me. Uh, my colleagues too, my peers, and uh, I've had some success in doing that, but I would never say to you that I've achieved everything that I could have achieved or that I've reached uh, the summit, there, there's always more to do. And I think that's an important lesson that, that for all of us. And that, uh, as much as we achieve, as much as others think that we've accomplished, there still is a bit more that we could do to make ourselves better people. And in our own little way, and this might sound a little idealistic, to, to make the world a better place. It sounds like to me relationships are really at the core of of what drives you and uh, both both family and and people um, and uh, it's really been at the the center of your story and we were fortunate to to develop a relationship with you a couple of years ago and um, and ultimately uh, you joined the the global advisory uh, council of the president of precinct and I'd love to hear you know your thoughts on. Um, how you think about, you know, the precinct's mission and, and how you would, how you think about our work um, and the impact and, and what, um, you know, what was a driving force for you to, to join the council? Well, first of all, let me say that you've hit the nail on the head. Relationships matter a great deal to me. Family, friends, and colleagues, and I've been fortunate to benefit from some very close relationships. And uh, I'm a people person, which has helped me in my diplomatic career. And I 
I think that for all of us, regardless of what line of work we're in, uh, the relationships that we form, that we nurture, are the, are the basis of who we are and, and they, in many respects, underpin our success. So thank you for highlighting that um, uh, for me. And uh, thank you for allowing me to, to, to bring that out. In terms of the Global Advisory Council, well, I was responding to your invitation. Uh, I, I didn't come up to you and say, hey, I want to be part of this. But when you invited me, I was hugely honored to be uh, invited and uh, delighted to be part of it. Because as you know, from our very first encounter, I, I was uh, greatly impressed by the work of the presidential precinct. And in, in looking at your mission statement, I noted in particular that your mission is to inspire emerging leaders to address the most pressing challenges in their countries. And you know, there's a bit more, of course, but that is the essence of what you do, and that resonated with me. Uh, you know, the whole idea of engaging the youth of a developing country to contribute to building their nation is central to what I see as being critical for my own country, for Guyana. Guyana is on the cusp of a massive trans transformation due to uh, huge oil and gas fines offshore. Uh, we are a very small population of fewer than 800,000 people. We've lost a lot of people to emigration. We probably have as many Guyanese living outside of Guyana as we do in Guyana. And we've suffered a terrible brain drain. I don't think we have critical mass in Guyana. I think we've lost too many skills. I think the country desperately needs to keep its young people. And I am hoping that with the new opportunities provided by the uh, new oil and gas sector and uh, the growing wealth that the country will enjoy, our young people will see that there's a future in the country and they will stay and they will do everything in their power to make the country a sustainable, uh, united, peaceful and prosperous country. We've had political problems over the past decades. We still have political problems. Uh, unfortunately, there's a uh, strong element of ethnic division in our politics. Uh, tribalism is something that's uh, not new to Americans, uh, or perhaps it's something you can understand better in light of what has happened uh, over the past few years. But in a country like ours, it can be terribly divisive uh, uh, and perhaps fatally so given the lack of strong institutions, the fact that we only got independence in 1966 and we're still in the process of nation building. Uh, we've lost uh, a lot of our middle class, the, the sort of group that holds a society together. We've lost a lot of skills. We've lost, we've lost a lot. And I was particularly interested in the presidential precinct because I saw possibilities for transferring some of your uh, programs, uh, taking the lessons learned, particularly in Africa, and applying them to a country like Guyana with a view to showing our youth that 
in addition to the possibilities that are now emerging in Vienna, they, 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 there's a wider range of possibilities in terms of connecting with people across the world, learning from their experiences, exchanging ideas, uh, developing their own thinking, and applying a lot of these thoughts, experiences, and ideas to building social cohesion in Vienna, to underpinning our national development and making it sustainable, to uh, building a country for them, this younger generation, and for future generations. Again, a lot of this sounds idealistic, but without ideals and without uh, high ambition, we get nowhere in life. And I think the essence of what the precinct does is to inspire young people that to, to think that they can set their goals very high and that they can achieve them. Well, although ambitious, it, it takes ambitious leaders like yourself to, to seed an idea, to, to bring talent together and to you know, drive positive change forward. And, um, and you know, the, the challenge of brain drain is a problem around the world. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're really excited to explore the possibility of ways that we could work together um, and uh, work with young people in, in Guyana. Um, and so thank you very much for, for sharing that, Ambassador Insanali. Um, you know, we've got about 10,000 leaders uh, in our network, uh, many of which that um, listen to, to the Global Founders podcast. And, you know, many of the leaders that, you know, would like to go into to foreign service or, or be a, a diplomat, um, you know, many that are, you know, looking to get into politics that are running um, social uh, ventures or uh, NGOs that are tackling, you know, challenges in, in their communities. Um, what would you like to pass on to them? Something that, you know, you've learned uh, throughout your, your career uh, as a diplomat, as a business leader, um, you know, what, what are some lessons learned and, and anything that you'd like to share with them as they're, they're moving forward on their leadership journey? I think the most important thing in my personal experience has been the, the education that I've been privileged to have. I think that for us to achieve anything in life, a good educational foundation is absolutely essential. It doesn't have to be too early. It doesn't have to be too late. It just, <laughs> and everyone's experience is different, but without education, we don't have the ability, and I mean education in the broadest sense, uh, we don't have the ability to understand other cultures, uh, other ways of thinking, other systems. Uh, I believe that we need to encourage young people to pursue their uh, educational ambitions. We need to help them get there. We need to recognize that some youngsters are late starters. We need to ensure that those who might not have had the opportunities 
early on in their school life still have the still have the chance to to pursue an education later on uh, and everyone has different skills we, we, we can't all be academics we can't all be technical people uh, we can't all be mathematicians we can't all be great writers but we can certainly benefit from learning about the world learning about each other and then finding ways to share our ideas to share our thoughts to share our experiences and to teach others about what we're doing Bassarat and Sonali, we've learned a tremendous amount from you uh, today. We're, we're honored to have you as a guest on our show and um, really grateful for your time to join us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much.